Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. So we have to pretend today, boys and girls, <laughs> I was actually supposed to be doing my broadcast from an event And I'm actually going to spend a lot of time on that event because it's a historic big deal day in the United States and the political landscape. And I want to spend a lot of time talking about it. I was supposed to be there. And then I got over there and uh, there were some technical challenges, shall we say, Uh, not on my end or the radio station's end uh, at the hotel. And so I packed up and came to my beloved studio where I've got Jim and George. The the call screener is here today. So I can take your phone calls, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. We've got uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert from Colorado is going to call in later, and Congressman Andy Biggs is going to call in. Uh, State Representative Philip Singleton from Georgia is going to call in as well here in just a few moments to talk about why I was supposed to be at an event today and why they're all calling in. The House Freedom Caucus in Washington, D.C. is uh, where the conservatives go when they get to Congress. Now, you don't understand this probably uh, if you're not in Congress or at its periphery, but there is an immense amount of pressure that is brought to bear on individuals who get elected to Congress to line up into camps that back their leadership. So a lot of conservatives who are well-meaning conservatives go to Congress and all of the institutional pressure is on them backing their leader. Right now, Kevin McCarthy, before him, Paul Ryan, before him, uh, John Boehner, before him, the kid toucher. Uh, On and on it goes with everybody pressuring members of Congress to back their leadership. So they need to have a caucus of sorts that has their back and gives them other information other than what the leadership has and connects them to their groups. And the House Freedom Caucus used to be the Republican Study Committee. The Republican Study Committee at one time led by uh, Mike Pence became over time infiltrated where all of the squishy Republicans who were bad joined the Republican Study Committee so they could say, well, I'm a conservative. I'm a member of the Republican Study Committee. And there was no bylaw within the group to keep them out. So the actual conservatives had enough of it after Mike Pence left. Jim Jordan was deprived of his ability to lead the group. Uh, It was actually Steve Scalise who took over and moderated the group, made it more moderate. And so they formed the House Freedom Caucus. The House Freedom Caucus started out as just a couple of members and it grew. And within the House Freedom Caucus, you have Chip Roy, you have my friend Jody Heiss, uh, you've got Louis Gohmert, you've got Andy Biggs, uh, you've got a number of conservatives. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene has joined, Lauren Boebert has joined, and a few others as well. But it's where the conservatives go and have each other's back, and they don't really have the ability to pass legislation. There aren't enough of them to pass legislation. What they have, however, is the ability, based on their numbers, to kill bad legislation. And oftentimes, they're an obstructive force to leadership, which isn't a bad thing. Leadership needs to be challenged from within their own side. So today, the House Freedom Caucus in Washington is partnering with some outside groups, including friends around the Club for Growth, and they're starting state House Freedom Caucuses. They're starting state-level Freedom Caucuses for state legislatures. They're starting it in Georgia for a very key reason. In the Georgia legislature, there are a number of conservatives who are routinely pilloried by their leadership and their agenda is blocked and they're divided 
routinely. They don't have any sort of institutional funding or operations to feed them alternative legislation, ideas to feed them alternative information, to challenge what's going on. As a result, uh, they, they don't have an institutional backing. So today they're getting it, and this organization is expanding beyond Georgia. They're expanding to Arizona, North Carolina, Florida, Ohio, Oklahoma, uh, Nevada, um, South Carolina, the Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee. They're all growing uh, the state-level freedom caucuses in order that they may have some sort of institutional backing so that conservatives themselves do not have to be beholden to their leadership in their state legislature, but can in effect think for themselves and, and think of new ideas outside the traditional leadership apparatus. One of the people who is leading the effort for the state freedom caucuses nationwide happens to be a state representative in Georgia, the one the Speaker of the House in Georgia most despises. In fact, the Speaker of the House so despises him uh, during redistricting, handed his district over to the Democrats to spite not just him, but the voters of his district for daring to elect him. And, well, payback is going to be a state freedom caucus, among other things. My friend Philip Singleton, uh, state representative in Georgia, joining me. How are you? Eric, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great. So uh, let's talk about this. As you know, having gotten into uh, a state legislative arena, there really isn't an institutional apparatus for conservatives in those institutions from the outside to give them information, to to help them challenge leadership, to provide other legislative ideas. And it sounds like you guys are headed down the path to bringing this to fruition. Yeah, that's right, Eric. I mean, really, the you know, there's there's two metrics of power up at, at the Gold Dome. There's legislative influence and electoral influence. And really what uh, what threatens our you know Democratic Republic the most is not, you know, some some tyrant in uh, North Korea. It's the you know complacency of those uh, protecting the Constitution. And, and it's why you why you find people uh, they get up to the Gold Dome and all of a sudden all those things they campaigned on, they realize that. Oh shoot! If I don't get in line and do exactly what uh, those in power tell me to do, they're going to run someone against me in my district, or they're going to not let me pass a bill, and uh, they create this arbitrary power structure to try to control everything. And um, frankly, it's uh, up until now, you know, until today, it's been something that uh, those that just wanted to go serve their country and serve their constituents, they didn't really have any mechanism to fight back and to defend themselves against the establishment. So it's, it's going to be a game-changing, uh, hopefully game-changing for our nation. Yeah, so it's not just Georgia. This is spreading out around the nation. And I, I know I've got uh, Congresswoman Boebert coming on early, uh, later, Congressman Biggs coming on. Uh, what are the ties to the Federal House Freedom Caucus as these things spread? So, so we are a nation's first Freedom Caucus. Uh, you know, there have been three others that have started at various points in the last uh, decade or so um, in different states like Texas. But we're a nation's first Freedom Caucus that is that is um, has a full relationship with the U.S. Freedom Caucus. And that means a couple of things, Eric. So, you know, one thing that means is uh, we have electoral uh, horsepower, if you will. Uh, the Jim Jordans and the Andy Biggs and the, and the Perrys of the world and, and the Marjorie Greens, you know, they, they've got our back when it comes to the political side of the, uh, of the, of the apparatus. Uh, it means some other things, too. They, they, there's, a, there's a funding stream that comes with uh, those big national names. As you know, we're, we're – I mean, Donald, Donald Trump has proven that, I think, uh, uh, pretty well. But there's a 
celebrity and, um, you know, popularity mechanism that's attached to the ability to fundraise and do things like that. And so um, what we're doing is we're tapping into those available resources and the state freedom caucus network, uh, they're providing things at the state legislature, like guys, like guys, like me, uh, representatives like Sherry Gilligan, we've never had these things before. They're providing an executive director at the state level and a legislative director to wow. uh, grade and score bills, to help us to write legislation, to synchronize. You know, we, we plan on having some anti-CRT legislation that uh, we can drop a, a a federal bill that the U.S. Freedom Caucus drops uh, up, in, uh, up in Congress. And then we have nested mirror legislation at the state legislatures um, so that we can accomplish these things, you know, what in the past has taken 10 to 15 years legislatively, now we can do in one cycle because we're working together. I I, I knew that there was going to be some, I guess, heft, uh, but having an executive director and a, and a legislative director in, I mean, just we're talking the state of Georgia, and yet you've got all these other states involved. That really it does help, I think, advance. One of my frustrations has been, and I know you've seen this, a lot of Republicans we've had here in Georgia until 2002, 2004, they had a D next to their name and suddenly had an R next to their name, and their yeah. their worldviews never really changed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's 100% true. I mean, look, you, you know, the, the frustration is real with the grassroots. You know, I, I, I just joined the legislature, you know, two and a half years ago, but um, and my message was pretty clear. You know, I wanted uh, school freedom and educational freedom. I want, you know, campus-free speech, um, you know, um, some stronger abortion legislation, and and, and it's kind of beyond reckoning and reasoning that, you know, when you have a supermajority and you have the House and the Senate and the governorship and the lieutenant governorship, you know, why the heck can these measures not pass? You know, why haven't we banned CRT in the state? Why haven't we uh, prevented vaccine mandates? And some of these things, it just doesn't make any sense. And the reality is um, there's, a, there's a large disconnect between the conservative right voters and the people that are electing these leaders uh, and the way they behave under the gold dome, there's a major disconnect. Uh, and without a network like the Freedom Caucus Network, uh, the establishment can run roughshod over uh, the members of the legislature and can get them in line pretty easily. Well, now, n- now we've got support. L- l- let me ask you one, one specific Georgia issue. I- I've been saying that states like Texas and Georgia really need to go all out on school choice uh, like Florida did, because as we've seen in Florida, uh, black and Hispanic voters are now more likely to vote Republican than not because the Democrats in Florida keep campaigning on killing school choice that you've given them an entitlement. They don't want taken away. Uh, And yet it baffles me that it's actually Republicans in the legislatures in Georgia and Texas that are the biggest opponents to school choice. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's nonsensical, and, you know, people think you're making it up when you talk about it, Eric. I know you go through this all the time, but, you know, the most powerful lobby in the state capital is the education lobby. You know, it's K-12 education is about 35% of our $26 billion budget, um, and the lobby is strong and powerful. You know, we don't have a, a union in Georgia, but there are plenty of uh, organizations that, that come and lobby against it. And so you're right. It, I mean, it's Republicans is the reason you don't have – uh, school freedom, educational freedom bills in Georgia or school choice scholarships. Um, that's not acceptable. You know, it's, it's time that we start putting our money where our mouth is uh, and we need to hold our, hold our legislators accountable. Uh, school choice is the, and I don't like the term school choice. I like educational freedom. Uh, it's just like, I don't like saying public schools. You know, what, what I want is educational freedom so that students aren't beholden to government schools. 
uh, that they can go where their educational needs are best met based off of that individual parent, individual child. But these are issues that if, if we can do what we need to do for educational freedom, the number one constituency that benefits from that is the socioeconomic minorities, the, the inner cities, uh, and the, the ethnically Hispanic and black populations typically see the largest and most rapid gains and improvement in their education quality. And it's just a no-brainer uh, win for the state, regardless of your partisan beliefs. It's just a no-brainer. I think that makes a ton of sense. Look, I'm excited you guys are doing this. I'm, I'm sorry we had the technical difficulty, so I couldn't be there on the ground with you uh, throughout the day. But uh, we we'll, we'll be talking about it as if we're there and promoting this. And everybody in my listening audience, uh, wherever they are, uh, have states that are involved. So thanks very much for what you're doing and for the hard work there. Of course, Eric, it's an honor. And yeah, we today in the launch, we had, uh, we've got over 70 legislators from 27 different states are here in Atlanta today to, to be a part of this. So uh, it's going to be huge. Fantastic. Thank you very much. We're State Representative Philip Singleton. Uh, let me, before I get into break, I want to go on and jump to Mark real quick, uh, calling from Oxford. Mark, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, I, I really wanted to speak to him and, and be able to address the idea of a referendum once again for term limits you know actually let the people speak instead of trying to speak for them uh we find a lot of representatives that want to sit there and tell us what we want instead of letting us tell them and it's getting to a very frustrating point when you see people running for 30 40 years and as Mm -hmm. soon as they get in what they're looking at is getting back into office they're not looking to represent the people And we all know this. We all feel this frustration. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Jody Heiss. He's in my district, 10th district. I'm at a point where I'm going to run for the 10th district if people aren't going to sit there and actually take these politicians and get them out of office. Jody Heiss wants to go to the Secretary of State's office, and yet he still believes and runs around with Bush, I mean, uh, Trump, I'm sorry, and believing that this election has been stolen. So you have that you know, issue as well. How yeah, do you feel about yeah, it? You know, so I can tell you, uh, as far as Singleton goes, I know he's a fan of term limits. Uh, in fact, he came in from a guy who had term limited himself and Philip was willing to do the same thing. And, you know, I have always been skeptical of term limits, thinking we needed to term limit the staff more than the elected officials. But it's clear to me over the last number of years that uh, they have so stacked the deck in favor of incumbency, that it probably is time for us to embrace a real term limits movement in the country. Some states have it for their state legislatures. Georgia does not. Uh, Maybe we need, and certainly at the federal level, if the presidents are term limited, why not limit the members of Congress as well? Ironically, the Republicans in Congress have limited their ability to be chairman of committees over a certain period of time, but they've never actually advocated or gotten the votes through Congress to pass a term limits constitutional amendment. And the Supreme Court has said it would have to be a constitutional amendment. So maybe it's time to build a groundswell for that. I'm, I'm, I've kind of changed my mind on this particular issue. For several years when I practiced law, I volunteered for the Alliance Defending Freedom to be an on-call lawyer for them. It's one of the few legal nonprofits in the country that really racks up wins, both state courts and federal courts for conservatives and Christians. People have a Christian conservative worldview. Since leaving my law practice, I've volunteered in the past to speak at ADF events, 
I've been to their training sessions where they teach lawyers and pundits how to talk plainly about complex legal issues and understand the state of play on cases around the country from local city councils all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now I'm glad to have ADF as an advertiser, but honestly, I'd be encouraging you to support them this time of year anyway. The Alliance Defending Freedom takes donations from you and uses them to help those who can't afford lawyers hire the very best lawyers to fight for freedom from the Supreme Court of the land all the way down to the local level. Right now, ADF has received a matching grant, so all new donors will have their gifts matched. All you have to do is go to adflegal.org slash Erickson today and donate. adflegal.org slash Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here from WSB Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, my flagship station, broadcast to you across the country. It's chilly here in the southeast the week before you know the other day it was perfectly warm and i thought my gosh we're a couple weeks before christmas and it's warm and now it's cold again and it's supposed to get colder i'm actually going to las vegas on sunday uh i have so this you know normally i give my employees cash and this year instead of giving them cash i paid for one to to take his whole family to his family's place in Montana. And the other one is a hockey fan and his favorite team is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they play the Las Vegas Golden Knights next week. So I'm taking him to the Grand Canyon and to Las Vegas to a hockey game. And it is in the 40s, 50s, and 60s here in Georgia. And in the desert of Las Vegas, I looked, it's going to be in the 20s. In the 20s, people in Las Vegas I ordered one of those pretentious puffy jackets. I mean, I, I didn't get the Han Solo look. I went with like the full sleeves because it's going to be cold in Las Vegas. And the Davidoff store, you have to sit outside to smoke your cigar. So I'll be freezing with my good cigar on the Las Vegas Strip doing obscene people watching. Those people out there, it is the greatest people watching on planet Earth. I don't gamble, but I eat. I'm fat. But I may play craps because I did the last time I was there. A buddy of mine with me, I'd never played it before, and I played craps, and I made $6,000 on a $40 bet, so I may do it again. But, you know, they give you free drinks, so I stayed all night and then lost all the money again, and I walked away with like $600, $550, I think. I, I mean, still on 40 bucks. By that point, it was their money. I was having fun, and, and I was making money off of them, so I may go back and do that again. Nonetheless, I digress. We must move on. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is going to join me. Uh, in the next half hour to talk about uh, this statewide effort. And I do want you to know who all is involved. They sent me the list of states. If you are interested and you have conservatives in your state legislature, they are probably involved. It's uh, the Conservative Partnership Institute is helping do this. That's Jim DeMint's group in Washington, D.C. Great guy. Uh, And uh, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, I'm sorry, Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Maryland, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Nevada, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and Wyoming are all initial members of the State Freedom Caucus Network, and it's kind of a big deal. Now, you know, Mark Meadows is involved with the Conservative uh, Partnership Institute, we probably need to talk about those text messages. Yes, those text messages. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Mark Meadows, before he decided not to cooperate with the January 6th committee, he handed over his text messages. And on them were text messages from Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and even Don Jr., 
lambasting the riots of January 6th and, and imploring Mark Meadows to make the president do something to stop them and condemn them. And it never happened. He made sure to hand those over. Interesting. You are struggling right now. Well, you should be because I am. What am I going to get people for Christmas that I love? What am I going to get myself? Well, there are lots of things you can do. And one of the things you can do is considering how much time we sleep and stay in our beds, consider gifting Bull and Branch. My gosh, their sheets are comfortable. My wife was so excited when I told her that Bull and Branch was going to be an advertiser because she's been hearing about their sheets and she wanted some and we bought some and then they sent us some. And gosh, she knew she was getting that second pair and she loves them. We have Bull and Branch on most of the beds in our house now. And all the time people ask us when they stay at our house, what exactly it is? Where do we get our sheets? Because you can feel the difference. They are very soft. You know, they've got a good snug feel to them, but they're also very soft. You can tell they've got a high thread count. I really, really do like these things. They are very soft. They've got organic cotton weave. They feel incredible all season long, every season, from twin-sized beds to California kings. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard embedding from Bull & Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging. If you order by December 19th, you get guaranteed delivery for Christmas. Best deals of the year are going now from December 6th to December 8th with promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BullAndBranch.com. That's Bull, B-O-L-L, and Branch. Com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions may apply. You're going to want Bull and Branch. Yes, you are. Why, hello there. Welcome nationwide. You have to put up with my voice. It's Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you. Now, joining me, well, unfortunately, from the terrible misery of Washington, D.C., but from the absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, and awesome state of Colorado is Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Welcome, well, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Eric. It's great to be with you today, even if I am in a swamp. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I've got to tell you're you. You're brightening my day from here. I, I have started uh, – We've got a, I've got a nephew who works out in Steamboat, and I've been out to Colorado several times now. It is a genuinely gorgeous state. Yes. Yes. And Steamboat Springs is in my district, and I have the most beautiful district in the United States. Um, it is – it's just gorgeous. Uh, I have – I have 52,000 square miles in my district and have driven all of it more than twice. (laughs) Um, But it is, uh, it's incredible. And just the people there are even better than the views. So I got to ask you a question um, just about being in Congress and the media, because, you know, when I retweet some of your tweets uh, and I was retweeting you during the campaign and the amount of in just invective I got from people, even people who mm-hmm. that they claim to be Republicans. I can't believe you would support her. And yet you have never taken a vote in Congress, to my knowledge, that I have ever disagreed with. And what is it like to every single day be in the line of fire from the media? Uh, well, I, I just I just assume that this is what winning is like. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you're on the right side of the issues and you know why you're here, um, you know, people people want to attack that because they don't see that very often. Eric, I am radically me. And that is something that is very rare in Washington, D.C., for someone to be radically themselves. Right. Uh, they, they try to appease everyone else and be something else. 
and they promise one thing and then do another because someone else whispered in their ear. And that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to serve the people of Colorado's district, uh, third district, and I'm doing everything I promised them that I would do. And the liberals hate it. And a lot of the rhinos hate it, too. Yeah, it's just it, it's striking to me that you've got, I mean, the squad and they get these mm-hmm. fl- glowing profiles and front pages in, in Vanity Fair. And all you're doing is you were elected by the people of Colorado to represent the people of Colorado, just like they were to represent the people of Communistan. And e- nobody has a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's it's interesting. They can go and cry crocodile tears because they want to raise more campaign funds or whatever their agenda is. Um, but, uh, you know, it's okay for them to um, call me an insurrectionist. The Speaker of the House has implied that I'm a terrorist and a, that I'm the enemy within and has put up metal detectors around the House chambers um, to, to protect her and others from little old me. Uh, you know, and they can lie about my family and say that I defecate on the House floor. Uh, but but um, don't talk about luggage, okay? Like, that's right. hands off. So, uh, <laughs> hands off. Too far, you've crossed the line. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's, it's like, okay, I, I get your game. Um, I, I'm still going to do everything I can to put the people first. Eric, I'm in Washington, D.C. today, not because this was a scheduled uh, day for us to be in session, not because it was on the calendar all year and we were expecting it. No, Nancy Pelosi has called us back to Congress to vote on the debt ceiling, to hold Chief Mark Meadows in contempt of Congress, and then to vote on some Islamophobia resolution. How does any of this help the American people? How does any of this solve inflation, the supply chain crisis, the invasion of nearly 2 million people at our southern border, people losing their livelihoods over unconstitutional medical mandates? How does any of this help Americans? I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by it. I am. And, and part of me has thought she specifically called you all back today to undermine this event down in Atlanta where everybody was going um, yeah. yeah. to be. Anything to step on the House Freedom Caucus. Hey, you know, you raise a point, and, and I realize we need to talk about the State Freedom Caucus, but let me ask mm-hmm. you one more thing specifically about Colorado. Everybody talks about the Hispanic shift in Texas and in Florida in 2020, and yet I, I've gone back and checked, and I've read the articles that the border counties or the southern counties in Colorado that are predominantly Hispanic all shifted dramatically towards the GOP in mm-hmm. 2020, and nobody seems to focus on that in Colorado. Right, and so uh, Pueblo is a county in my district, one of my largest counties, and um, I, I outperformed um incredibly in Pueblo for a Republican candidate. And that's because uh, the folks down there understand that conservative values are what's actually going to benefit them and their families. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really frustrating when you have a, a political party that um, really just disenfranchises so many people who've come to our country to live the American dream, to do things the right way. And they say, you know, these other people who did it the wrong way, who cut in line, who came into our country illegally, we're just going to go ahead and give them all the benefits. Eric, in Colorado, we have a Department of New Americans. And if you go to the Colorado website, um, it, it says, what is a new American? Well, a new American is a Coloradan, asylee, refugee, uh, DACA recipient, SIV, uh, v, uh, SIV holder, or all other forms of immigrants seeking safety, uh, opportunity, and reunification of family. And this is chain migration, and it's happening, and the American people are suffering for what's happening at the southern border, and they see that. Um, 
they, they see, you know, I, I came here, I did this the right way. I, I'm a naturalized citizen. And, and these other folks come here and get all of these benefits while our businesses are shut down. We're losing our jobs. Our kids are masked in school over this uh, Fauci-funded Chinese virus that isn't being checked at the southern border. And then everyone else gets to come in here freely without any med- medical mandates, without any testing. And, uh, and they see how that is hurting our economy, um, how these benefits are only adding to the inflation um, that's taken place. And there, there's just this major realization that the GOP is the party that is going to allow them to have personal choice, personal freedom, and to live out the American dream. They don't want socialism. Mm-hmm. Many of them came from socialist countries. They don't want that. That's well said. Now, now. Let's let's get into the, the the meat of this with the state freedom caucuses nationwide. You went to Congress. I was explaining when I started the program today that really until the House Freedom Caucus, there was there was no institutional support for conservatives in the House. It was all we've got always back mm-hmm. leadership. Even the Republican Study Committee was kind of co opted into having the back of leadership and and giving non conservatives cover. And you guys have now set up. You've got the House Freedom Caucus going, and now the State Freedom mm-hmm. Caucus nationwide having these groups i love the idea of how did how did how did they approach you about getting this thing going uh i'm so excited about it first of all um you know i i knew of the freedom caucus and i mind i admired the members um from the caucus from afar uh when i was running for congress uh, but when i joined the group this year that's when i realized just how important and influential this group of people are um, these are the freedom fighters in Congress. These are the folks who refuse to cave and back down to actually debate the constitutionality of everything that we do. Uh, freedom Caucus members are principled and, uh, and determined and, and won't cave to Democrat or Republican pressure. Uh, this is the caucus of Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Jody Heiss, Andy Biggs, um, soon to be chairman of the Freedom Caucus, Scott Perry. And um, I, I know how important this caucus is in D.C., so having the same template uh, that is going to be used in states across America, uh, Georgia being the first, is um, absolutely uh, incredible. This is what we need everywhere. Uh, Eric, when, when folks run as conservatives, they win. Uh, even Democrats know if they run um, a little conservative in their campaign, they'll be closer to winning their election. But when they legislate as conservatives, the American people win. Too often we get Republicans who run on a conservative platform and then they get to D.C. and they legislate like Nancy Pelosi. And so uh, that's what these state freedom caucuses are all about, making sure that Republican legislatures actually govern as conservatives. Basically, be a Ron DeSantis. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. My gosh, uh, that guy. I, I've been I- excited. And, and the fight for mandates. I, I know my buddy Chip Roy, um, who texts me every once in a while and gives me a hard time about my food choices, uh, involved in, in seeing Texas and these other states just it, having now institutional support. I, I mean, you, you bring up Georgia. I had on Philip Singleton, the state representative here, who helped get it started here. I don't think people realize that if you're not a member of the House Freedom Caucus in Washington or you have a state version, you don't have a legislative director who can review legislation. You don't have an executive director who can vet an agenda. You're just beholden to whatever the leadership gives you. Uh, and, and this yeah. is a way to give you guys support. That, that's exactly right. So it's actually more important in these state legislatures because they don't have the staff that we have. Um, I have an incredible team that I um, handpicked and put together uh, 
specifically catered to my district and the values that I promised them that I would keep when I got here. Um, but in the state legislatures, you, you don't have all of that, just as you said. And so it is so important to have um, just a, a group of people that can help navigate that for you. I could not imagine being a freshman in Congress, especially this year, without the Freedom Caucus, because even with my staff and um, and the direction that you think you're getting from leadership, I, things can go the wrong way very quickly. Uh, but when you get around a, a group of constitutionalists, uh, it's incredible the conversations that take place, the dialogue, the debate. Sometimes that debate gets really heated, and then you'll have uh, you'll have like a, a Jody Heiss that says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We aren't getting anywhere. How about we seek God for His wisdom?" And we'll all pray together. I mean, it's incredible. And so I, I couldn't imagine um, being left to leadership and uh, and the direction they want you to go um, as a freshman member of Congress. And that's and that's what we see often in these state legislatures. So I'm so incredibly happy to have this uh, House Freedom Caucus model taken to the state. Well, listen, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, and I know I, I, you were in the whirlwind up there constantly that they force you into it, whether you want to be there or not. And I, I appreciate you uh, to some degree, literally sticking to your guns, but uh, having your convictions up there. I appreciate you so much and wish you a Merry Christmas and thank you for stopping by. Yes, sir. Thanks so much, Eric. Have a great day. You too. Merry Christmas. Congressman Lauren Bulbert uh, from Colorado, 3rd Congressional District up there, uh, Steamboat Springs and the like, beautiful, beautiful area, uh, a freshman member of Congress. She can be controversial. We don't always agree on stuff, but she's never taken a vote. I would disagree with her. This is kind of what I, I tell people as well about Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, who I'm, I'm not a fan of Marjorie's, she nor of me, and, but she's never taken really votes that I disagree with. And what's so interesting to me is that the dynamic there is the House Freedom Caucus tends to be an organization that can block legislation but can't advance legislation. The corollary there is on of the squad, which routinely advances far-left progressive legislation. Nancy Pelosi allows them, and the media treats them like, like superheroes. It's bizarre uh, that they would focus on, on Republican firebrands and completely ignore the Democratic ones or give them a pass and a, uh, a photo shoot on the cover of Vanity Fair. Now, I got to tell you, uh, if you're smelling something out there, uh, it maybe it's the city. I don't know. I, I saw uh, Jimmy, if, uh, what is it, J- J- Fallon, where he and Ryan Reynolds did a skit the other night of your, uh, it's the newest candle from Yankee Candle is uh, get the F out of the house for when your Christmas guests or Thanksgiving guests have stayed too long and the scent comes in uh, sweaty Crocs or New Jersey. <laughs> Well, if your house smells like New Jersey, you should use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm to eliminate the odors. How about that for a tie-in? It actually does work. When my wife leaves the house and I have to fry my shrimp inside because it's raining and she hates them, I can turn the sucker on and she never knows I fried shrimp in the house because she doesn't listen to the show, folks. My wife does not listen to this program, so I can say things like this. But it works. And right now you can get three of them and save 200 bucks. You can get all three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. You click on the name Eric Erickson, that is actually my real name, and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Put it in your cart. At checkout, you'll see the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. And you can get them for less than $200, three of them. You can get them all, save $200, and you get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Hey, Christmas is coming. You may want a gift like this. If somebody in your family lives in New Jersey.
Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I, Mark Meadows, I need to talk about this. He'll be speaking tonight at the uh, State Freedom Caucus Network. I just, he had to turn over his text messages. Now, someone emailed me earlier and clearly wasn't paying attention to the show um, thinking that I, I, I said something I didn't say. He, he misunderstood what I was saying. On January 6th, multiple Fox News hosts, including Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity and Brian Kilmeade, uh, were texting Mark Meadows, and Donald Trump Jr. was as well, demanding that Donald Trump forcefully denounce the riots in the Capitol. They were calling them riots. Saying it was going to destroy his legacy. It was very bad. He was. Uh, he needed to do something. He needed to get the military to go in and shut it down, to do something. Uh, he eventually did make a statement. Uh, interestingly enough, some of these text messages then followed up that he wasn't forceful enough in his statement. And Donald Trump Jr. said he needed an Oval Office address to denounce the rioters and condemn them. Uh, Mark Meadows released that information to the January 6th committee before deciding not to cooperate further with them. And I just, you know, his book is out as well. Give some of the behind the scenes stories of the White House. The president wrote a blurb saying you should buy the book. And apparently now is not happy with the contents of the book. I guess he didn't read it. I just find the dynamic interesting. And I continue to go back to the polling that 60% of Republicans want him to run for president in 2024 which sounds great until you realize less than a year ago it was 90%. So I, I was at the the State Freedom Caucus event this morning trying to get set up. Um, they, had a, they had a faulty line. I couldn't connect into my radio studio. We had to pack up and, and leave. And um, I met a guy who was there for the event who was talking to me about this, who was actually wanted to shake my hands. He apparently was a nasty, mean tweeter to me several years ago and Wanted to apologize. I had no idea, but that's fine. It was very nice of him. But he was talking about, you know, in, he is a Republican official, and in public, he can't really say what in private he wants to say, which is it's time for Donald Trump to let somebody else uh, run with the mantle of Trumpism. My suspicion is most people in private agree, even if in public they don't say so. And I'm curious to see how the dynamic shapes up particularly in light of Mark Meadows and these emails coming out, there clearly is a dynamic at play where a number of people who are close to the president are dropping information that is unflattering of the president while then walking back away from that after they've done it. And this, this, it, it almost to me, it has the feeling of being something intentional. It just feels like they're trying to to undermine and advance into 2024 without saying they're doing it. And I don't know, I could be reading it wrong, but why do you drop all of these documents and then say, I'm not going to cooperate with you now that you've dropped all the documents that are the paper trail, including uh, the the 31-page outline of how to stop the election after it was already concluded, which was bizarre, unconstitutional, and never would have worked. And here's the thing. Uh, the, the media outrage over this, I played John Heileman's clip yesterday about uh, all the media outrage. Oh, we've got a bunch of insurrectionists. They want to—the 20% of Americans want to throw Joe Biden out with, with force. Nobody's actually doing it, number one. And number two, 
I just, I mean, people lie to pollsters. It's very clear at this point, people lie to pollsters. So how do we actually know what the actual number is? There is a herd mentality when it comes to the pollsters. It's just a very interesting political dynamic in the country right now in that regard. And I don't think any of us should be like digging our heels in saying what is going to happen because, say with me, events, they change things. Now, when we come back, we must move on. Trivia question for you. How, what is the percentage of people who own Teslas? What's the percentage of people who own Teslas? It's a question. It's relevant to what we need to talk about when we come back because the media wants you now to buy a Tesla, which I guess they're not bad cars, but I really like my GMC Denali. It can hold way more people and go further. We'll discuss. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 